the, the historical context, the, the time that revolves around Chof Ches Nisan, especially with the people that are younger, who don't, who didn't live it the way we did. I think one of the things that people have to appreciate when you think about the Chof Ches Nisan Sichi is what came before and what came after. Um, beginning Shavuos, Memtes, Shavuos, two years earlier, the Rebbe announced that Tafshinun would be a Teishnas Nisim, would be a year of miracles. And the Rebbe said that the reason he's giving so much notice is that there should be enough time when they print calendars, they should print the Luches, that Tafshinun is Teishnas Nisim. And then, of course, the following year was Teishnas Neflois Arenu, Arenu Neflois. And at some point, the Rebbe also added Hoya Tehei. Before the year started, the Rebbe said Hoya Tehei, the year that had not yet begun was already a year of miracles. And if you were around Lubavitch in around 770 in this period, Tavshinun and Afnan Bays, there was such an incredible influx of Nisim and Flies. We were so surrounded by events that were very big, very important on a global scale that was so supernatural. In my imaginings, this is how Yidin felt during the year that the Makas came. You know, they were still in Golis. But there was a Makkah and another Makkah and another Makkah and eventually the Egyptians could not hold them anymore. And there was a sort of a, a carnival kind of an atmosphere. And Lubavitch, during this period, that ever was predicting what was going to happen on a global scale and what he said would happen precisely. And the whole world became aware of this, that ever is just in Brooklyn. And he's telling the world what's going to be. And it played out. And we experienced incredible Nisim and Flois. There's many, many miracles. Um, I don't think there's even a question, but the biggest miracle of all was what happened with the Soviet Union. That in a, in a matter of a few short years, one of the most dangerous and powerful nations in the world just disappeared. There was no loss of life. There was no world war. There was no great drama. They pushed it, went away. And uh, just to give you one example, to me, this is very, very compelling. Um, Shaftim, in the summer of Nanala, from 1991, the Rebbe spoke to Sikh of Shaftim. The Sikh of Shaftim was an extraordinary Sikh. It was an absolute extraordinary Sikh. Fabreng. And um, the whole Sikh was about Nevoah. The Rebbe started off the Fabreng with the Haftarah. Bashiva Shaftaich, Barishayna, Vyatayich, Vatchila. Shaftim, Vishayi, the Rebbe, the Haftarah. And the Rebbe discussed prophecy. And he made it very clear that the Rabbeim had a halacha of a Navi. And he made it very clear also, uncharacteristically clear, that the, the Rebbe himself is a Navi. And that there's a chiyov, there's a mitzvah of Eil of Tashmon. And the, the, the feeling we had when we listened to that fabreng, when we walked out of that fabreng, the feeling that we had was that the Rebbe almost had a tainer that we don't believe him enough. We don't trust him enough. This was Shabbos, Shaftim. Monday night, we had the riots in Crown Heights, which everybody who's old enough remembers, which was connected directly to the Rebbe. The Rebbe's going back from the oil. Tuesday morning, you wake up. What's the news? That Gorbachev was overthrown. Gorbachev was arrested. Gorbachev was the, the, uh, the uh, executive the, the, what is it, the uh, chairman of the executive committee of the, of, the, of the communists. And he was the one who was making all the changes. And he was arrested and he was replaced by hardliners. 
who sent tanks into the streets of Moscow with instructions to shoot to kill. Anybody out in the street, they should shoot to kill. For 72 hours, the world stopped. In my lifetime, this was the closest that I could remember. You know, people talk about how it felt during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I wasn't born by the Cuban Missile Crisis, but this, I lived those three days, 72 hours. The world stopped and didn't breathe what's going to be. And what happened was there were a lot of got camps of all different types all over Russia because the Russia was already quite open at that point, including many Lubavitcher camps. So all the other councils, all the other camps, whether they came from Europe or they came from America, they came from Israel, when this thing came down, they ran out of the country. They wanted to save themselves. The Lubavitcher boys and girls wanted to have a letter. They wrote a short little answer. And the, I don't remember the words exactly, but it's really worth seeing the original. The, the Rebbe's words were they should continue what they're doing. The, the camps, wherever they are in Russia till the end, and they should succeed in their holy work. And then the Rebbe added one word, Kaposhet. Kaposhet, it's obvious. If you, if you didn't live it, it's hard to fathom how terrifying the thought of communist Russia becoming Stalinist again. And the Rebbe writes, Kaposhet, I don't understand what the question is. It's very obvious, it's very self-evident that uh, you have to continue. And then Thursday, the whole thing was over. The uh, Gorbachev came back to Moscow and he immediately announced that there would be a referendum. And then a couple of months later, Russia just, the, United, the Soviet Union disappeared. This is the background of the Sikh of Chochas Nissen, both before and after. The Rebbe gave us what he himself described as a taste of the miracles of Mashiach. He called it as the that you see the miracles because the Rebbe showed them to us. And this is part of what made the Sikh of Chofches Nissen so shocking because the mood was so optimistic, the mood in Lubavitch, and anybody was paying attention to Lubavitch. We used to go speak in the shuls, we go speak in the shuls after the Fabrengans. And during the Gulf War, on every street corner, people would stand and ask us, what did the Rebbe say today? Because the Rebbe was not being a prophet. He was being a prophet without any masks. He was being very overt. And exactly what the Rebbe said and how the Rebbe said is exactly how it played out. And as a consequence of this, the Sikh of Chavchas Nissen was such a surprise. It was so inconsistent with everything happening around it. Two nights before, two nights before, Chavvav Nisim was a Yechidus for Archim who came for Pesach. It was a, there was the Yechidus for the visitors that came for Pesach. The entire Yechidus was the Rebbe sitting and enumerating the miracles that we've witnessed. And the whole point was that we're seeing Hashem is showing us His hand as the preparation for this Gals of Melch HaMashiach. So Chavchas Nisim was very, incon it, it didn't make sense. The, 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 the tone and the mood of Chavchas Nissen, I don't think this is how the Rebbe intended it, but the way we experienced it uh, was a tone and a mood of almost of years of despair. Uh, uh, something which the Rebbe McLeod doesn't have any leanings towards, and especially when it comes to his speaking to us, great chassidim of Deir Shvi, the Rebbe is very careful to always be very, very positive. This was an incredibly disturbing tone and we're all still 30 years later we're still not able to come to terms with these three minutes it's 
two minutes and 45 seconds, 165 seconds. And the Rebbe showed us this incredible pain. And I was thinking that perhaps there's another way to understand it. That this, these three minutes at the end of that tzicha, there was Chavzayin to Chavchas Nissen. The Rebbe simply took off his mask. And he allowed us to see how he feels about Mashiach. The Rebbeim wear masks. The Rebbeim wear many masks. And if the Rebbeim didn't wear masks, Moshe Rebbeim wore a physical mask. Tzadikim have other kinds of masks. If Tzadikim didn't wear masks, we wouldn't be able to be near them. The Rebbe took off his mask and he let us see what it means to want Mashiach. In other words, I don't think we necessarily have to see these three minutes with the bitterness that we naturally responded to it. And I want to say one other thing that I think is critical and important, and that is that Rebbe started talking about Mashiach in the early 80s, Mamish, almost 10 years before this Sikha. There's a Mifza Mashiach. And I was a boy, I was a Bachar during this decade. That's my years in seven, seven years in Yeshiva. The Rebbe spoke so many Sikhs, some of them were rather passionate, some of them were very, very emotional. And as a rule, we always heard these sikhs as if the Rebbe is talking to the Ebishter. He, was, he didn't mean us. He was having a conversation with the Ebishter about the need for Mashiach. And he was allowing us to listen in. Until Chav Ches Nissen, we didn't appreciate, as many times as the Rebbe said it, that the Rebbe was saying to us that there's something that we need to do. And perhaps this is another reason. I think this is the primary reason. The Rebbe... The Rebbe made so many Mifzoyim, and Hasidim were always ready and there for the Hineni. When it came to Mashiach, I felt and I feel that for many of us, we didn't see it as the Rebbe talking to us. We saw the Rebbe talking to the Ebishter. After Chav Nissen, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that the Rebbe meant us. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, I have very little time. I'm going to say, I want to say four things which are practical, because the whole point, it should be actionable. I want to say four things. And I'm imagining that everyone said these already and they're going to be said over the next 24 hours many times. But there's a presumption that not everybody is going to stick around for the whole 24 hours. So it probably should be said more than once. Obviously, the most important, the most basic hirah, which came directly following Chav Nissen, was the hirah about learning in the Mashiach Gula. And again, it was already mentioned in the previous talk that there's going to be a new initiative made that people should learn the Bar Malchus. And all the sikhs of the Rebbe on Yonah Mashiach Gula, the Dvar Malchus is four sikhs on the Rambam. And there are many, many sikhs of the Rebbe on the Rambam. And the truth of the matter is that the Rebbe wrote the title of Mashiach revolving around the Rambam. And if a person wants to understand Mashiach in a way that he, he knows what it means in Torah, he understands what it means for him or her personally, and why Mashiach really, why it's important for me the Mashiach to come, you have to learn these sikhs, these four and all the other sikhs that the Rebbe spoke over there, the sikhs, on the Rambam, Hilchus Mashiach, where the Rebbe explains what Mashiach means, how Mashiach comes, and what our role in it is. So the first thing is, obviously, people should, this is an opportunity to, to recommit ourselves to this idea, you have to learn Mashiach, you know, Mashiach Gula, Gula Mashiach. Number two, another thing the Rebbe discussed, if you remember in the 1980s, at one point, the Rebbe introduced the idea of a chain letter. The Rebbe said people should write a letter to 10 people and ask each one of those to write a letter to 10 additional people. The, the message of the chain letter was, based on Svarim, Rishoyinim, that the Rebbe enumerated in the Fabrengen, that Mashiach's not going to come until we ask for him. 
she is not going to come to either man or machine. It's not going to come to a master until we assist. You know, a person needs something. He asks for it. A person needs something very much. He asks for it very desperately. They've recorded the Radak and others for him that say Mashiach's coming is dependent upon us demanding Mashiach. And um, to them, first of all, you have to just appreciate we want Mashiach now is an important filler. And it has to be said, and in order for the Haftzara, for the demand for Mashiach to be real, we have to know what Mashiach means. If you learn about Mashiach, then you can appreciate what you want, what I want, what we want, and we have to demand Mashiach. And we have to be Mafarsim. This is not a Lubavitchy Indian that demanding Mashiach is Negea Kipshute in the coming of Mashiach. And the third thing is that the Rebbe spoke, by the way, this is another whole parsha that put him in 1987, put the Rebbe is the same three, three minutes that the Rebbe said with so much heart, so much emotion in Tavshin on Aleph, the Rebbe said for an hour and a half, and he used exactly the same words. Just like he said, he's giving it over to us. And that sikha, the Rebbe, the expression that the Rebbe used was, as Geita Riber from the Hanasi to the Hakoyo. The Rebbe used the same idea. That it go, and then you have to look inside the sikha, the sikha, there's a video, there's an audio, and there's a transcript. It's not Mugger, but the sikha is available. It goes over from the Rebbe is the same idea. It goes over from the Anasu to the Hakoil. And I, I wasn't that I didn't hear the Fabrengan. I was out of town. I was on Schliches and in California. The Fabrengan started earlier. We were on Mifzaim. I didn't hear the Fabreng. I asked people, how did the Rebbe get away with it? In Tovshin enough, the Rebbe said, we will be inside ourselves. The Rebbe said exactly the same thing four years earlier. And we didn't hear it. We didn't hear it. So 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 in that Sikha of of Memzayin. The Rebbe said, what's the message? And the message was, which is based on a Gemara. It's a Psak Din and Rambam. They wanted to make it, this is not a, a Musir and a Chsidi Shavart, it's a Locha. That a person has to look at himself as if the world is in a perfect balance. And when you tip the scale, even with a little bit of weight, it doesn't tip a little bit, it tips completely. A person does one good deed, says one appropriate word, thinks one appropriate thought, he brings a gula to himself and to the whole world and to all of history. And the Rebbe said, this is actionable. This is a, a practical message that's negaya in our times. One maise is going to be Mashiach. And we have to think in our minds and hearts that this is something that, that we, like anybody else, is in a position to do that maise-achas. And the fourth thing that I'm mentioning is that in the summer of Memches, Pashas Kiseit say, the Rebbe spoke about Simcha B'tahar also. Also a practical thing. Right? The, the, the Lomdus is that in Torah, the highest Simcha in Torah is Simcha Shal Mitzvah. The Rebbe has a Sikha, a Purim Katna Sikha, which is based on the Rambam. The highest Simcha in Torah is Simcha Shal Mitzvah. Joy of a Mitzvah. But the Ramah writes, Mr. Thomas, at the end of Golos, there's a Simcha which is even higher than the Simcha Shal Mitzvah, which is Simcha for no reason. Simcha just because I'm a Yid. And the Rebbe said in the Fabreng and the Pasha Kisaita, the Sikha is edited, you could read it inside. Like I tell my students all the time, please do not trust me, take out the book and look it up. The Rebbe said, The Rebbe said, try. The Rebbe said, we tried everything to bring the Sheikh and the Revaila, we have not had Hatzlocha. The Rebbe mentioned other Gdeli, so. But that made the efforts to be Deicha Gesaketz. And the Rebbe said, one thing we didn't try, Simcha. 
And the Rebbe wanted the idea of Simchas as an avoider, you know, like you have an ayam yam. Nisht as avoided as I met an emes, not emes alain as an avoider. So this is nisht not as avoided as I'm designed, met a simcha, not simcha alain as an avoider. That was the point of that fabreng and posha to be some meach as a way of being meoider and be megala, the galas of Melech HaMashiach. So this is the thoughts that I wish to share. I want to thank you for the opportunity. And Yet now, Mamish.